heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are the four dimensions of human health. This is where growth happens, and it's addicting. Welcome to the Growth Junkies Podcast. Hello there, Growth Junkies. Welcome back. My name is Ben Bost, and across from me, Kent Delhuse. We are your hosts for the Growth Junkies podcast, and we are in a stretch of episodes here working through our newest book that released uh, called Mega Life, How to Live Without Fear. And we're walking through the book day by day. It's an 18-day experience, and we are currently in day number 11. And today we are going to be talking about uh, a subject that can seem very elusive to people oftentimes one that can be challenging to identify in your life if you're really struggling with it or not. But if you do come across it and we're willing to admit that you need it, how do you do it? Mm. And that would be... Sounds like a riddle. Should we reveal what it is? (laughs) I wasn't trying to make it like a riddle, but it did kind of come out like that. Blue and black and red all over. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, not sure. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about A Mustang. (laughs) <laughs> Ford not, Mustang. No. Not a Mustang. Okay. Healing. Yes, We're going to talk about healing, healing right? Healing, yes, is, healing a is this subject. How do you know what if you're struggling with certain aspects of your life that really what you need is to go through a healing process and mm-hmm. and how would you do that? And so that is what we're going to talk about today in this episode uh, at the beginning of day 11 in building a mega life. Uh, at this point in the book, we have transitioned and it needs to be said into functional steps on building a mega life, a great life. And this is one of those pieces is knowing how to heal, being right. able to identify it and also go through that process. Well, and this also picks up on the last episode where we talked about barriers to love. So we talked about all the things sort of prevent us from either experiencing or expressing love. Right. So like this is a great next conversation is how do we heal from those barriers? How do we overcome those things? Mm -hmm. And and the reality is healing um, is very complex. It isn't easy and it deserves a conversation. And a lot of us, if we're honest about it, have something to heal from. Mm -hmm. Everybody has wounds, right? So you hear the word brokenness thrown around a lot. I don't know about you, but I hear the word broken used constantly. You know, I'm broken. We're broken. This is about brokenness. And I wonder, like, what does that mean? (laughs) How do people interpret it? Yeah. What is broken? Do you mean like I'm nuts or does it mean like I can't get better? Like I'm permanently that way? Let's be clear. Brokenness in the way that we're using that term suggests you can heal. Yes. That's like a broken bone. If you break a bone, the idea is you set the bone and you let it heal. It comes back even stronger than it was before. So we act with the supposition as growth junkies mm-hmm. that you can heal. There's nothing you can't heal from. And so this is interesting because we'll talk about this in a little bit as well, but the difference between wounds and scars. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference. Sometimes you have a wound and it's bleeding and it keeps bleeding and it seems to kind of scab over and then you rip the scab off. That's gross. I know it's pretty gross. (laughs) I'm a parent, so I see a lot of scabs, but you know, you put the bandaid on it. You don't want to see the scab. So there's wounds and sometimes wounds don't heal. The question is, can they, is, is there any like wound that never heals? I would suggest that every wound can heal. Mm -hmm. It can. It might be a lot longer process. Like I've shared on the podcast before I broke my leg, Mm -hmm. 
twice in one year. <laughs> one of them was really nasty because the bone came outside the leg. Um, and it was awful and bloody and disgusting. I won't get more descriptive than that. Mm-hmm. But the damage to the flesh on my lower leg from the the, the, the bone pushing through is, is, is like permanent. And the thing is, the damage is still visible. The scars are still there, mm-hmm. but the wounds have gone away. Yeah. And so even something as awful as that, it can heal and it looks like it's it's been injured before. It's permanent as far as the scar goes, but the wound itself isn't bleeding anymore. So every wound that we have, you're reminded of it because of the scar. Yeah. And 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 the question is, can we turn our wounds into scars? Yeah, and I think just like we have physical scars, you can have emotional scars, you can have spiritual scars. And we'll, we'll get into this in right. more detail. I think the first two phrases or statements that we make at the beginning of the day mm-hmm. say it all. Right. One is that healing is not easy. Mm-hmm. So out of the gate, we need to take a perspective on is, on this that is puts us in a position of going, this is going to be challenging. Mm-hmm. And awareness on the front end of, of where you need to heal mm. is only the first step. Right. And that's important because we live in a world that's a get over it mentality. It, yeah, for sure. Snap it's like, out of it. Yeah. Right? Pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. Just get a thicker skin. Yeah. Uh, be more resilient. There's all kinds of statements mm-hmm. that people make. Sometimes you need to sit honestly with yourself and go, no, I'm hurting. Yeah. And, and so we want to push back on that narrative that healing is something that can happen overnight. You can take some sort of pill or you can, you know say some magic incantation, you know what I mean? And then you're suddenly all better. Or that it's something you're not supposed to do or have to do, that only weak people will have conversations about that. I would actually say, no, strong people are the ones that have conversations about that. Strong people are the people who will go into the difficult things. Strong people are the ones that will look at areas of pain and brokenness Mm -hmm. because they know to to wade through those areas and to come out the other side Mm. is the effort is worth it. You know, I, I, I was just in Williamsburg, Virginia this last week. And it's a home. Uh, it's the home of the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. When I was driving around and looking at all the different landscape and everything that was happening, I'm like, "What would it have been like to fight a war in this place? Mm-hmm. It would have been really, really difficult." Mm-hmm. And there were many, many people that went through. A, there was a lot of bloodshed and a lot of pain, all for the purpose of freedom. Right. Now, I'm not going on record and defending like everything that happened back then. But Mm. the fact is the pain and the bloodshed and the scars and the wounds led to freedom. And you had to go through all of that to get Mm. to the other side. Right. If you've never been there, it's a fascinating place. But Mm. the fact is, it's similar to that in our lives, like to find freedom on the other side of pain and difficulty. We have to go through that sort of battle with the pain to find healing and freedom from it. Right. The second the second sentence was this. It's not simple to heal either. No. Nope. It can be very complex. It can feel layered. Mm-hmm. You may have to enlist various different uh, people in your life, different kinds mm-hmm. of disciplines uh, or professional help, right. whether it's counselors or personal development advisors like what we have at the Institute. There's a lot of different folks that could help with these kinds of things. Uh, you might even have to be treated for something uh, like depression or anxiety or 
things like that that come oftentimes with pain and difficulty when you're broken and wounded and need healing. So it's not simple Mm. and it's not easy, but it is worth it. It is. so, So healing is hard and it's complex. It is not a straight line. I think a lot of people think like, you know, A to B, you know, in order to heal, I've got to do X, Y, or Z. Like I have to, I have to see a counselor or a therapist. I have to eat a certain way or exercise. And the reality is it's probably all the above. I mean, it's a host of things. Healing involves a lot of aspects. And so it's Mm -hmm. a multi-leveled or to use our language, multi-dimensional approach to healing. And so we are going to talk a little bit about this in a few minutes, but there's, there's three kinds of pain. There's the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. Right. And we'll dig into those. And so we are multidimensional people. We have a whole book on this, a workbook called The Four Dimensions of Human Health, in mm. which we deal with the, the multidimensions of what it means to become healthy. Yeah. So to heal, you got to address it at different levels. So here's the thing. On, on a physical level, like with my broken leg, um, my leg heals physically. That doesn't always mean maybe the emotional part of it heals the same way. Sure. Or maybe even the spiritual aspects, which are the deepest parts, that may be a different healing process. So when you want to heal, you have to address it on multiple levels. And that's why it's so complicated. That's why it's so complex. So let's start with this too, or like let's, as we progress through the conversation, Mm -hmm. what would be signs and indicators that healing is needed? And so we'll we'll take some time to think about it and tease it out a little bit, figure out Mm -hmm. if we can address, you know, three or four, what comes to mind. The first I would say is what is needed is uh, to be aware of in your life coping mechanisms. Because hmm. coping mechanisms are things we go to when we're in pain, when we're struggling, when we need healing. Yeah. And those things are what we access to try to help us feel better or to soothe our pain. Hmm. Like I say, I, I say uh, coping is like a silver platter of slavery. It's like a buffet that there's all these different things you can choose and pick from to deal with your pain and use to try to to try to meet that need. Right. When in reality, you're just hurting. Mm. And and so I'll go on record in saying I have some of these in my own life that I have used and gone to. One would be food. Mm-hmm. And I, I guarantee you I'm not the only growth junkie or person out there who probably has used food to cope with life or cope with stress or cope with pain and drink drink. I think alcohol is one. I mean, when you, I wouldn't say that, I mean, addiction is a bit of a funny thing to, to try to pin it down and say, yes, addiction is always about some type of pain would be, would be challenging and difficult. But the fact is that whenever we go to anything we use Mm -hmm. to try to cope with pain, we're not dealing with the real issue. So you're saying, and this is a good point, is that you might look around your life and say, if there's things that you really run to, to escape, or to sort of cope with the stress of life, that could be a sign that there's some brokenness, there's some trauma, there's some hurt somewhere that you're trying to get away from. Well, yeah, so I think <laughs> it's worth like uh, extrapolating a list on this for, for, for people. Sure. I mean, I don't know if you have anything that comes to mind for you personally, like here's something that yeah, I would go to this. Fly you know. fishing. <laughs> Too much fly fishing <laughs> to deal with pain? No, but it is a coping mechanism. You're like, well, for me, it's 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 sort of solitude and respite and getting refreshment. And well, that's, that's, not that's good healthy self-care. It, it is, it is. Like, and let's so, talk about that. I'm talking about something that you know yeah. I'm going to that. To medicate. I'm, you, or, exactly. I'm yeah. using that to deal with pain in my life, whether I want to admit it or not. Right. And I, I, I'd say food, certainly. I think we all mm-hmm. can relate to that. 
I run to what would be considered maybe less healthy food. <laughs> comfort food. Comfort you know food. I mean? Comfort food. That's why they call it comfort When presented food. with the choice between the healthy and the unhealthy, I tend to prefer the unhealthy. Because you only eat comfort food when you need comfort from something that's uncomfortable. Exactly. So I'm a comfort food kind of guy. You know, I like to have a, a drink. You know, I, I, I'm really careful not to have more than a couple, usually one mm. or two. But, um, but sure, I mean, who doesn't like want a glass of wine? to sort of like wind down right what are you winding down from you know and there's all kinds of jokes about parenting and how do you cope with you know crazy kids at times <laughs> there's there's just that can be an indication that if there's something you need to get through the day yeah you have to ask yourself the question why right sure why exactly. do I need this? What, do, what is it I need about it? And why do I need the regularity of this? What, is it, what does it do for me? And why, what is it soothing? Is it, is, it, is it kind of like keeping me safe from something? Am I not willing to look internally about what's causing this? Here's the reality. Denial is what comes to mind when I think about this. Yeah. A lot of us aren't healing because we're in denial about being traumatized or hurt or broken, that there's no pain. There are people who say, who, me? No, everything's great. There's nothing wrong with me. I have nothing. Listen, you are a liar. <laughs> you are a liar if you can sit there and say that I have no pain in my life. Every human being has pain. It's a thousand different shades of color, mm -hmm. but we all have our pain. In fact, even the Bible talks about multicolored trials, mm. variegated trials in the book of James. There are so many things that we will face in this life and nobody escapes it. Yeah. No one escapes it. The only question is, what is your pain? And then the next question is, have you ever accepted and confronted that pain? A lot of people don't. They just bury it. This is the proverbial bury it down, yeah. water into the bridge, just move on, forgive and forget, right? That's what we say. <laughs> move on. And so a lot of us are walking around unhealed because we're in denial about our the pain. The walking wounded. That's right. Yeah, there's two things that don't discriminate, reality and pain. Right. And they go hand in hand in many ways. And I... Mm -hmm. I don't want us to be portraying like life is just all always me and very hard and difficult. Let's be fair. We are addressing a, a specific topic here. Right, right. About how healing takes place. And there's a lot of a lot of factors to that. I'll add to the list in this way. I think people entertain themselves. Sure. And use all kinds of things to do that to avoid. Because really, what are we trying to do? We're trying to avoid thinking about life. Yeah. And thinking about reality and what's really going on beneath the surface or what we've been through. So mm -hmm. they can entertain and amuse themselves to death, you know, in many yeah. ways. Shopping, yeah. I think, is one of those things that people... They get caught up and, and it, they're great distractors. Oh, Social totally. media would yeah. be another one. Yeah. Some people really try to fill all the quiet space in their life. Exactly. Because they're afraid to look internally. The idea is that you're not going to heal. You're not going to be in the process unless you stop and see it for what it is. Yep. And it's scary for people. Like quiet is scary. A lot of people like to occupy themselves constantly. They have the TV on in the background. They have music blaring because they don't want to be quiet and to reflect on their lives. Yeah, when there's nothing to distract, what yeah. ends up happening when there's no distraction? Your thoughts visit you, Yeah, right? That's what happens is yeah. all of a sudden you begin thinking about life and thinking about the things that have happened to you in life. And so that is what visits us when we go into a process of healing. And that's why it's hard. And that's why it's complex because you have the hard, heavy liftings. You have to stop and be willing to look at reality. 
you have to give up the distractions, you know, step away from all the coping mechanisms and say, I'm going to look at life with, with honesty. I'm going to look at my life, look at my story, look at where I come from. And I'm going to acknowledge the pain. I'm going to acknowledge the hurt. I'm going to find it and I'm going to deal with it. So really in order to heal, you have to stop, be quiet, think, reflect, and do the heavy lifting. Okay, so let's move on and discuss the three areas of healing, right? So we have pain, woundedness, brokenness that shows up, and it can show up in various different areas, right, Kent? Yeah, it's multi-level or multi-dimensional. Yeah, and so we have to deal with all of these, and sometimes it's isolated to one particular area, but I would say that a lot of times it crosses over into various places. Well, they so. do. They overlaps. One of one of the reasons it's complex and complicated is because it's like a it's it is overlap and overflow. In other words, um, it's it's almost never just physical, or almost never just emotional. It's probably some of both. And so when we start looking at physical, for example, right. Uh, and I want to throw this out there, and I know we've referenced this in previous podcasts, the state of people's lives related to stress post-COVID. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm throwing this out there as post-COVID. I know there are people who would say, we're not out of COVID yet. Right. Like, they're just awaiting and looking for another variant to come along. And maybe mm-hmm. that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But let's take the position right now of getting through the maximum of what we've experienced over the last two years. And the APA put out a report that said 80 and upwards of 85% of people are living with chronic stress. Yeah. So stress is an external experience in your body of pressure, tension in your head, shoulders, in, in, in your uh, feeling like foggy in your eyesight. There's a lot of different ways that stress can manifest itself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an example, like, do you think there are people who need a healing process from having gone through COVID? Oh, yeah. I think that's probably true for yeah. some. It was way harder than maybe for others. Yeah. And the things they didn't encounter, they lost loved ones. Mm-hmm. They were sick themselves, mm-hmm. potentially lost jobs. There's a lot of things that went, went down. And one of the first ways I think healing will often show itself physically is in stress. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, bodily um, or physical pain is something that we're really aware of because our, you know, our bodies are good at telling us when we're in pain. Like if you cut yourself, if you cut yourself, you know, you're going to bleed, you know, you're going to, you're going to feel it. So it's sometimes easier to recognize physical pain because you have signals that go off that fire. It may be harder to recognize emotional pain. That's what takes a little bit of work. And I'd say it t- it's even harder to recognize the third level, which is spiritual pain. Yeah. So it almost goes in like a level, like level one, level two, level three. Yeah. The level one, how do you feel this physically? N- level two is how do you feel it emotionally? And number three is how do you feel it spiritually? It doesn't always go that deep, so to speak. Like, for example, like a surface cut, you get a paper cut. You're going to feel that physically. That might be a different experience than having a knife stuck in your, you know, in your chest. Yeah. That goes so much deeper. You're going to feel it. And it's going to cause more than just physical pain. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's going to cause a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear and a lot of deep, deep anguish. So physical pain is where it begins. And so we have to do an inventory of our bodies and identify, like, where do I feel this? Yeah. Physical pain. Is, is it hurting in my finger? Is it hurting in my back? Is it hurting in my neck? And stress is a great ex- exhibit because it's good to stop and ask yourself, OK, in all likelihood, I'm stressed because almost everybody's stressed. Mm-hmm. The question is, where do I feel my stress? Is it in my neck? 
you know, is it my head that throbs? Is it my back? My muscles tighten up. Pressure in your chest. Chest. Shortness of breath. Stomach feels, you know, kind of nasty. People feel feel these these effects in different places in their body. And oftentimes, if you go to sit with a counselor, they will have you do this. They will begin with assessing you by ex, like accessing where it hurts. Yeah, observing your body. Your yeah. body. Where do you feel that? Okay, so you're under fire, you're under stress, or you're in pain. Where are you feeling that right now? And the reason why is to begin with the physical assessment. Mm. Where's the physical pain? And a lot of people don't understand that their physical pain is tied to deeper emotional or even spiritual pain. And if you've worked through this book day by day, we took you through an exercise like this at the beginning. Right. We asked you to kind of assess your body and, mm-hmm. and think about where you might be feeling certain things. And, and here's the deal on this one. There is a very famous book. We've quoted it in Mega Life. And if you go on Amazon to pick it up, you're going to see it has thousands and thousands and thousands of reviews and it's five stars. And mm. it's a book called The Body Keeps the Score Yeah, by Besser, Bessel van der Kolk. Right. And it is hands down the best book written on trauma. Yeah. Because of what happens to our bodies when we experience traumatic or painful things. Yeah. And the premise of the book is basically that your body speaks to you. Yes. If you listen to your body, it'll tell you where the pain is. These pain points and your body actually accumulates and and all the the trauma or hurt or pain you've been through, Mm -hmm. your body keeps that. And that's why it says keeps the score, because over time, your body will break. And so we have to also acknowledge that there are certain things we can do. Let's say if you're dealing with stress and you would say your hand would go up. Yeah, I am. I'm stressed. I know it. I feel Mm -hmm. it in these very specific ways. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things you can do to mitigate the physical parts of the healing of stress that are tied to a healing process, because there are things you can do that can help that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even though the healing process may take longer as you work through pain in various different ways, whether it's uh, spiritual or emotional. Mm -hmm. But the fact is you can do certain things to eliminate your stress. Yeah. This is why we actually go to the gym and we try to sleep eight hours a night. You try to eat semi-healthy, you know, three meals a day. And I mean, th- there's certain things we need to do physically to take care of ourselves. And if your body's out of whack, you go and see the doctor. If you're ill, you take medication. I mean, there's things that you need to be doing to take care of yourself. And we've done episodes on this in the past, mm-hmm. how physically you will pay the price if you don't take care of your body. And we do have an episode on stress. If you go back mm-hmm. in our feed and want to look at that, we go into way more detail on what stress is and how it functions. Right and what are stress busters mm-hmm. and, and how you can do that. Cause they can be very helpful. Yeah. Um, it may not heal or fix everything at the moment. It, it probably won't most likely, but it will give some relief. Yeah. And that is something that you can do because people are just maxed. Yeah. And there's the stress of life, but then there's stress that, comes upon us as a result of brokenness and woundedness that we have to be attentive to as well. Right. And, and so physical pain, again, is easy to know because it tells you you're in pain. You cut yourself, you feel that. You break a bone, you're going to know it. Um, and, and we don't know what to do. If, if you're ill, you go to the doctor and get medication. If you are sick and you need surgery, you go to the hospital. If you break a bone, you get a cast. So treating the physical pain in our lives is pretty automatic. Like we sort of know what to do. The purpose of this episode is to go to the next level and mm-hmm. dig a little bit deeper and say, you know what, the physical thing that I'm feeling may be an indication of an emotional issue. Yeah. And I do not like talking about this next one. I hate uh, this conversation because I am appalled by and 
struggle with in my own life, emotional pain. Mm. I hate it. I don't like it. I wish it would go away. Yeah. And I don't like the way it feels. I don't know that there are any, <laughs> anybody who does, uh, but in case you wondered where I was coming from on that issue, well, there you go. Like, that's how I feel about it. Well, yeah. And, and because it's hard. I mean, we talked about healing as being hard work and not simple. Uh, it gets even more so with emotional pain because, number one, you don't have all the body signals to tell you you're in emotional pain. You have to actually stop and think about it. You have to do a little bit of self-assessment or maybe somebody else has to draw it out of you. Like, I feel angst mm-hmm. in my spirit, but I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm really fearful. Like I'm really a fearful person, but I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. So you have to stop and think about why am I so scared all the time? Like, does that go back to something in my past? And maybe somebody needs to talk to you and draw that out of you. But it's harder to go because your body does not like tell you, hey, you're feeling anxious because of this. Right. You got to do a little homework for yourself and figure out what's causing this. And it may not even be something that happened this week or last week or even last year. It may be something that happened years ago. Yeah. And that's exactly what we say is that emotional pain a lot of times is tied to our memories. Mm-hmm. And it emotional pain can be a little bit elusive because not only is it tied to memories, it's tied to our perception of those memories mm-hmm. and the pain that we experience. I don't know about you. I, I have... This happened on, a, I wouldn't say a fairly regular basis, but it seems frequent mm. where you are just going about your day and you remember something from the past that it's right. like, why am I remembering that right now? It's stuck in there. Why yeah. is that coming to mind? And right. the actual emotion tied to it is one of pain. Like yeah. you feel internally something. I would, I would imagine... I'm not the only person that happens to you're probably not the only person that happens to that's a common thing that happens to people in general mm-hmm. but it's like why does that have to happen yeah and and I I don't like that but it is it is indicators of the fact that there's something still there. Yeah, and I think it's, um, it, it is painful to reflect, but those things stick in our memories because they matter and we tend to remember painful things. I would venture to say, if you ask anybody, hey, uh, you know, tell me the three most painful things that have happened to you, probably come up with them pretty quickly because they're, they're fresh and they stay inside, but they're also more scary and more difficult and more taxing to confront. So doing the emotional work of confronting the pain is critical. You start with the physical. And then you ask yourself, could that be tied to something emotional, Mm -hmm. something much deeper inside that's really bothering me? And I'll tell you straight up, there's a lot of unhealthy people walking around today that have emotional pain they've never confronted. They've never dealt with. They live in panic. They live in fear. They live in anger. They live Mm -hmm. in anxiety. And they don't know why. And they haven't even thought about finding out why. Yeah, and I think a a few categories, if you're going to try to find out why, like especially around emotional pain. We give a couple, um, but there's certainly a longer list, I would bet. But like one would be is is the emotional pain tied to a failure? Right. Or is emotional pain tied to betrayal? Yeah, Those rejection a, is a big one. Rejection would be yeah. another one. Yeah. Injustice. Yep. Offense. Was it an offense that, w- that happened mm. that has caused that emotional pain? Or uh, unmet needs. Yeah. I think like especially with marriages, mm. I think there's a lot of emotional pain that happens in and around unmet needs. Yeah. And the difficulty that couples have sometimes communicating the ways in which they want their needs met. And then over mm. time, years and years and years, it goes on. And you're like, you wonder, am I just going to be stuck with this? Is yeah. it just going to be this way forever? Yeah. And then the needs go unmet and that creates pain. Yeah. And so there's, there's probably more categories mm-hmm. we could, we could open up here mm-hmm. for 
considering and thinking about related to uh, emotional pain and wanting to heal from that. Mm-hmm. But I think just the ones we gave right there would be enough to <laughs> keep you busy for a while. Yeah. But how about spiritual? The next level in. So we start with physical pain. And how do you sort of identify that and confront that? It's more straightforward. Uh, emotional pain is a little more difficult. You have to do a little bit of work and it might require more. And, and, and emotional pain, I would suggest, is worse than physical pain. It hurts more. It sits deeper in your soul. It's harder to get over. But what about spiritual? And we talk about this in chapter or day 11, that there's the deepest kind of pain is this kind of soul pain that we feel. And I would say this is 100% one of the biggest crises we face right now as a society. Exactly. A lot of people, so the word that we use a lot is like lostness, like we feel lost. There's there's a deep anguish at the heart of civilization right now because there's a crisis of meaning. Yeah. Like one of the biggest crises. Why am I here? What is life all about? Is there any point in this whole thing? Do I have any value? Like what, what is my role in the world? Does anybody care about me? These are really sort of soulish or spiritual questions we ask ourselves that probably are indicative of the deepest pain because that the deepest level, and we we talk about this and we'll keep hitting this is a desire to love and be loved. Yes. And when you don't feel loved, or you're not capable of loving others, then that upsets you at the deepest level. Mm -hmm. That's a soul kind of pain. The worst thing that we feel is isolated from other people, Mm -hmm. cut off, unloved, unaccepted. That is a deeper kind of pain clearly than physical pain. Right. It's even deeper than an emotional pain. It is a spiritual pain. And, And spiritual pain originates out of a disconnection with things that are transcendent. Right. It's having uh, no meaningful connection to something bigger than yourself mm-hmm. that provides purpose for life, mm-hmm. uh, that connects you to others in a meaningful way and, and eliminates loneliness. So spiritual pain is, as Kent said, directly related to the soul and the thriving of the soul. Right. And there are key elements and, and aspects that have to be present there for that to happen. Mm. And one of those is a meaningful connection to something transcendent. As we've talked about here a lot on the growth junkies, Mm. Kent and I are followers of Jesus. Yeah. Our faith provides that structure, Mm -hmm. a a meaningful connection to something bigger than ourselves that also includes a community of people, Mm -hmm. a movement that's existed for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Um, and even inside of it, a kingdom that is real, uh, that, that gives us meaning and worth and value. Yeah. And a lot of times today people are struggling to find that they can't find it in their own little tiny kingdom they're building on their own yeah in the midst of chaos yeah. a lot of times well people aren't always able to identify it i mean they can feel it but they don't know what it is yeah. and it's a deep sense of lostness and so here's the thing simply physical pain what do you do about that you go to the doctor <laughs> If you're in emotional pain, what do you do? You see a therapist, you see a counselor or a coach. What do you do at a spiritual level? And that's why we talk about something like the gospel, you know, like this, this sort of story of Jesus, like, why did he come? And I would suggest that he came to address the deepest kind of pain that humanity feels, the one that's the epic crisis that we're in, a sense of lostness, identity. And he said, I want to heal you spiritually. I want to save your soul. And that's what resonates so deeply for me and for you, Ben, as followers of Jesus, is that 
you know, this idea of Jesus came into the world to heal the deepest, darkest, worst pain of all, which is spiritual pain. And I think a lot of folks don't realize that Jesus didn't come to, he did heal people, you know, physically. We saw these miracles. He healed Mm -hmm. people emotionally because he loved on them and cared for them. But first and foremost, he came to save people from this thing called sin. Yeah. He came to seek and save that which was lost. Yes. And this brokenness that occurred as a result of disconnection from from God and from the kingdom. And Mm -hmm. the sad part is in our culture too, today and mm. I, I feel this and see it a lot is that is that this is something that is uh, devalued not mm. considered uh, oftentimes looked at as very archaic mm-hmm. not valuable and man people are are missing the opportunity to have their their soul healed yeah it's because we live in a world uh, so there's a word called monism and it's kind of the prevalent belief today it's the belief that we are body but we're not soul that we are material but not immaterial and this is a really big deal i'm going to speak to this real quick um we believe fundamentally and 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 i i believe this with my whole heart that that i am not just a body Ben, you're not just a body. Right. You're also spirit. There's an immaterial part of who you are. Correct. And that can't be put in a box. Like, for example, the mind. Where's the mind? If I were, if you look at a diagram of a human body, where's the mind? You have a hard time pinpointing <laughs> People would point it. to the brain. Yeah, but the brain is not the mind. You know, where do where, where, do, where does right. will, desires, passions come from? Here's, a, here's something that we all know, if we're honest. We are more than just our bodies. Yeah, if you go to a funeral and you look, if you've ever done a viewing and you look at the dead body, what's missing? They don't look the same, do they? No, not even close. Like that doesn't even look. I've been to so many funerals. I've done many funerals and looked at at the bodies and it's like they're just a shell. And you're like, I know they're dead, but they look like fundamentally different people. They do. And everything that animates that person made them who they are is gone. gone. It's gone. So where did it go? So the reality here is that if, if we are body and soul, that we are material body and immaterial spirit, then we have to address both of those things. And to become a healthy person, this is where the world gets it wrong. If you think you're only a body, you're only going to tend to the bodily things. So therefore, the only kind of pain the world really spends time on is the physical kind. Mm -hmm. They may deal with a little bit of emotional pain, but largely they avoid that because that's getting on the side of immaterial. You know, emotions are not facts. They're not numbers. They're not figures. But then on the spiritual side, they don't even touch it. Because if you deny that people have a soul, mm-hmm. then why should you care about soul pain? And there are certain things that cannot be solved or healed outside of this category. That's right. And that's why so many people feel lost is because they have this deep internal pain that the world doesn't even recognize. Yeah. It doesn't even affirm as a real pain. Right. <laughs> but it is a real pain and it's the worst kind of pain. So the question there is a sense of like for freedom or for healing and for life and for hope and for peace. It's sort of like, where do I go to find healing at the deepest level? And I think you bring up really could, what could be our closing or final point is mm-hmm. as you begin to heal and you you start to cross that bridge to the other side, what is it that are indicators that it's happening? Right. And use the word peace. I would mm-hmm. say there is a level of settledness and stability that begins mm-hmm. to set in in life. Mm-hmm. That as we work through these things over time, you feel more anchored. Yes. And not blown around so easily by right, the things right. in the world. And mm-hmm. and sometimes to get healing from certain things, like the memories I was talking about earlier that come up, mm-hmm. you may not be able to reconcile those fully with mm-hmm. people or whatever happened. You may just have to come to terms with it. Yeah. And, and that's where. Through it. And that's that spiritual piece helps with that. Right. right. And this is the wounds to scars where we started. Yeah. 
you know you're healing when the wound becomes a scar. And what that means is it's no longer raw and that you touch it and then it elicits anger. It bleeds or sadness and anxiety. Mm. You know something is really healed in your life where you can talk about it and it doesn't always make you angry anymore. Yeah. It doesn't make you so sad anymore. You can right. talk about it in a way because it's become a scar. And you can touch a scar and it doesn't hurt. So the difference is, how do you know your wounds have become scars is because you can touch them and they don't hurt as much right, anymore. Right. They're there, they're real, you can see them, you can appreciate them, you can talk about them. There's evidence of past injury, right? Exactly, right. but it's a scar. Mm -hmm. So I would say that I think the way you know you're beginning to heal is when your wounds are becoming scars. Yeah, that's a good thought to end on. And so we hope you enjoyed this uh, discussion about healing from day 11, and uh, we will continue to work through other added aspects of building a mega life in future episodes. And so if you don't have the book, Mega Life, How to Live Without Fear, you can go on Amazon. It is day 11, right? It is day 11. Yes. Okay. So we go. you can go on Amazon. You can pick yourself up a copy. Um, also, we have the Four Dimensions of Human Health, which is uh, a curriculum for personal development if you're looking uh, for a resource for that in your life. You can see that there. And then also we want to let everybody know in just about 12 days, we will have the May Day Symposium coming up here in Boise uh, at the Pursuit Church, 8 to 1230. Uh, gentleman that we actually quote in the book, Kurt Thompson, will be there as our key, one of our keynote speakers. And so we're really looking forward to uh, that event. And so uh, if you're in town here or want to make the trip, feel free to do so. Uh, and come represent the growth junkies at the Mayday Symposium. So we thank you for, uh, for being a great listener and we uh, look forward to being with you next time. Thank you for listening to the Growth Junkies podcast. Go follow us on Instagram and Facebook to join the community and check out the Four Dimensions book on Amazon or through our website, loveandtransformation.org. 